0: Amen. Thanksgiving after the reading. This is the word which God gave our ancestors through Yeshua, our Messiah, the living word. Torah has been written in our hearts. We now serve him in the spirit that gives life, not just according to the letter of an external code. For we are new creatures in the Messiah. Amen. wanted to share about the goodness of God and remembering that God is good. That God is good even in the wilderness of life. So when I look at Deuteronomy in our Torah portion, in chapter 8, verse 2, Moses says this to the children of Israel, you are to remember... All the ways that Adonai, your God, has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. So there's this wilderness season. It's 40 years in the life of Israel. And God's saying, I want you to remember the wilderness season. I want you to remember the fact that I led you. And the word in Hebrew means walk, meaning God walked with them. He was with them in your wilderness season. God is with you. That's the first thing. He's with them. But then remembering that the wilderness season, it's not the golden age of Israelite history, right? This isn't the good old days. This isn't, yeah, remember the good old days. No, this is actually, yeah, remember the hard times. Remember when things were not easy. Remember the struggles. That's what he's saying. He's saying, remember the wilderness season. And then he says that he led them during the wilderness season, just like he leads us during our wilderness seasons, in order to humble you. And you could also translate that to afflict you and to test you. So there's this reality. Sometimes we're like, man, I'm just really under the attack, right, of the enemy. Well, that, there's some truth in that. There's definitely truth in that. But what I want to emphasize today is that God actually, in his sovereignty, which is ultimately good at all times for us, that he allows affliction, he allows us to be humbled. This is what the text says. He allows us to be tested. Why? Well, let's keep reading. To know what was in your heart. Wow, he was testing us to see what's in our heart, to see what's, do we have the goods? What's going on? He wants to see what we're really made of. Your true character happens through difficulties and struggles, right? When things get tough, that's when you really come out and yell at your spouse. Oops, right? Hopefully not. Don't ask Leah. But then he says, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Wow. Not only does he care about our heart, but he also cares about whether or not you are being obedient to his commandments. He says it right here. He doesn't only care about your heart. Sometimes you might have heard that. He also cares about the physical obedience, right? But he still cares about your heart. Sometimes we get so Greek and we think it's just one or the other. No, it's both. The question is, will we be faithful in the midst of our wilderness seasons? Will we continue to be obedient to his commandments. Will he, when he sees our heart, what will he find? He says, He afflicted you and let you hunger. He, talking about Adonai, he afflicted you and let you hunger, and then he fed you manna. Why? In order to make you understand. There's a famous passage here when Yeshua quotes this next passage, right? When he's in the wilderness season and is confronted by Satan, man does not live by bread alone. This is why he allowed the affliction. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Adonai. So there's something about the physical world and the afflictions and the the challenges that we go through that are meant to point us to the reality of the eternal, the reality of the spiritual, the reality that there is a world beyond this world, the reality that God is good and yet we don't always see it in the here and now. In fact, the, the story in Hebrews that we read was that Abraham a lot of what was promised to abraham he never saw the final fulfillment in his lifetime right so but he did see some isaac was born so it wasn't like he saw nothing he saw fulfillment covenantal fulfillment in the sense of isaac but he didn't see and experience final covenantal fulfillment in aspect to the land and to being his his descendants numbering as the sands of the sea for example so there's this hope, there's this reality of the goodness of God that there's taste of it in the here and now. He was feeding the manna from heaven. Wow. Miraculous. And yet it also points to a spiritual reality that's beyond at the same time. And we continue in verse 7. For Adonai your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of wadis with water, of springs and fountains flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines, figs, pomegranates, and a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat bread with no poverty and you will lack nothing. So you will eat and be full, and you will bless Adonai your God for the good land he has given you. Now, this is interesting. If you don't know, this verse 10 is actually the passage in Judaism that they use to justify and show why we should bless the Lord after we eat. It's called the Birkat Hamazon. It's the blessing after the meals. Okay? Okay? So we bless in, in Christian tradition. You bless the Lord before the meals, and this is most likely taken from the fact that Yeshua blesses the Lord for the bread at the feeding of the five thousand and at the Lord's table. But in Jewish tradition, they also bless the Lord after the meal, and even some Christian traditions as well. But point is this: is that the context is he's talking about remembering and and being thankful and blessing the Lord in the trials and tribulations because he wants to make sure that when he blesses us, that when he actually lets us enter into our destiny and we would get to enter into the promised land itself, that we will still be thankful and bless the Lord for what he has given us. In fact, if we jump to chapter 9, verse 4, He says, after Adonai your God has driven them out from before you, meaning the the Canaanites and others, do not say in your heart it is because of my righteousness that Adonai has brought me in to possess the land. It is because of the wickedness of these nations that Adonai is driving them out from before you. And he actually goes on to say this basically three times. It's not because of your righteousness. It's because of his faithfulness and because of the wickedness. Of the Amorites, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet ripe," he says in Genesis. Point is this: is that while he's calling them to faithfulness and covenantal uh, uh, commandments and obedience, it's still not about their faithfulness and obedience. He's saying, "But I don't want you to think it's all about you. Once you start following my commandments, it's still ultimately it's about my faithfulness. But that doesn't mean, oh, it's about God's faithfulness. So then I don't need to be faithful. No, this context over and over, he's saying again and again, follow my commandments, keep keep my commandments, take charge to obey my my commandments. He says it like a hundred different ways so that you don't miss it. So now, this is 10, verse 12. So now, Israel, what does Adonai, your God, require of you but to fear Adonai, your God, walk in all his ways, love him, serve him, with all your heart, with all your soul, and keep the mitzvot of Adonai and his statutes that I am commanding you today. And this is the final point. For your own good. And he says the same thing in chapter 8, after he repeats, he says this. He says, He fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know in order to afflict you and test you, to do you good in the end. To do you, God is afflicting you today to do you good in the end. That's what he says. He's afflicting you, Richard, to do you good in the end. Does it always feel like it's good? No, but that's what he's saying. We have to trust in God's goodness when it doesn't feel good, that he is doing good to us in the end. You know the scripture, Romans 8, uh, I can't remember it now. He works all things together together for those who love God, right? Together for good. Somehow he's working it together for good if we love him and are called according to his purpose, right? So we have to trust in the goodness of God, even in the wilderness season. That's what I want you guys to remember this morning. Amen.